0: The only thing that I tell my team all the time is I don't care if you fail, but I do care if you didn't learn anything from your failure. So let's fail, but let's fail forward and learn from it and implement those things, document what we learned, not only use it for our immediate team, for the digital team, but focus on sharing that with our content team. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners.
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to Sunnyside Up. I'm your host, Andrew Smith, and I'm super excited to talk with Matt Quirk on transforming B2B marketing. Matt has been helping businesses grow since 2009 by building meaningful connections, sharing real and actionable value that builds trust and creates massive amounts of goodwill in the marketplace. Today, he leads the Digital Marketing for Solutions Go-to-Market team at Insight Enterprises. They focus on building engagement with the audience, capturing leads, driving pipeline, and building lasting relationships with their clients. He believes marketing is the best because marketing is applied psychology. We invite you to join him in the never-ending search for marketing swipe files, amazing marketing, and sales funnels, and being a good human. Matt, I'm really excited to talk with you today, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's great to be here chatting with you. Thanks. You've got a fascinating career trajectory. Can you give our listeners a little bit on your background? Sure thing. Uh,
0: so I, I went to school for video and audio production, had absolutely nothing to do with with marketing. Um, found out that that was not my true calling in life and fell back on my background as a designer, graphic designer. And so for a number of years, I, I worked as um, in the screen printing industry. I did designs for screen print shops, and then found my way into a video uh, an internet gaming company. And so you know I, I was one of the, the first illustrators at the company, and over my five years nearly five years with them i kind of grew into understanding different parts of the business and eventually ended my career there as a front-end web designer and developer so that took me on to working with robert kiyosaki and uh, the rich dad company and i was with them for a number of years tackling front-end web design and development building sales and marketing funnels using click funnels leveraging uh lots of our connections in the marketing and sales industry and just learning as much as i possibly could uh and from there i cut like so that's really where i cut my chops in the marketing world and all throughout that i, I am doing business on the side so i've got a consulting agency uh, again in line with design and development as that evolved um, along with my career at rich dad i i found that i just had a, a huge passion for psychology as you you mentioned earlier andrew and understanding how people think and why they make the decisions to do things that they do and through that found that i could basically use that not only in user interface design and as a front-end design and dev um for the web but also then just in writing copy and speaking with people i thought well man this is a really cool thing so I dug in even harder, and I mean, I went back all the way into the late 1800s, early 1900s of sales and advertising, and of course, that's all print and, uh, you know, in-person things, um, door-to-door sales, understanding all of the scripting and everything, and just honestly fell in love with it. And so, um, for the last five years, uh, five plus years, I've been working at Insight uh, in the marketing department. But I started as a contractor, and uh, my contract position was just as a specialist, marketing specialist. So my role was focused on uh, primarily strategy, um, and that role quickly evolved into a senior specialist. And then I took on a management role and managed a team that was focused on uh, our supply chain business. Um, If you're unfamiliar with Insight, which many of you may be. Uh, We come from being a value-added reseller, so we resold hardware, IT hardware, IT software, limited services for the better part of thirty years, and uh, within the last seven to twelve years, we've really taken a hard uh, stance on the services and solutions that we provide. So the evolution of that business um, kind of helped me in in a sense because I came from a service industries, I came from being that service provider, so I understood better selling services and building communities around services um and so my roles ten- tended to evolve in that way and so from managing a team a small team uh focused on our supply chain business over the last three years that pivoted into full-on services coupled with our device uh and, and software business um and now as you mentioned earlier i'm leading the digital marketing team for our solutions uh, solutions focus team, so our go to market team around solutions, uh, and and I honestly I couldn't be happier in this transition because it it just it fully aligns with where I've come from and what I I know to be true uh, about the services industries, and this goes from you know selling multiple tens of millions of dollars in huge digital transformation services for Fortune one hundred companies around the world. Uh, All the way to helping just get somebody off the ground who they're they're a good sized company, you know, a couple hundred people, but they don't really know exactly how to get from point A to point B and where they're going and trying to transform their business. Um, And and what's kind of cool is the same psychological triggers work for the big wigs all the way down to the, you know, the smaller teams of of hundreds and, and even, you know, tens. Um, and so that's, that's been really, really cool to apply and share with the team um,
1: and, and grow from there. Great. Well, thank you for that. that that's a great amount of background for us. And um, you had talked earlier about how marketing speaks to people, but it doesn't necessarily speak to businesses. And I'd love to have you dive into that a little bit more. So understanding the emotional component, understanding the people component. And tying those aspects to decision makers who influence customers, you know, so so kind of those big weeks that you talked about.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I think a lot of when we when we look at B two B marketing, um, I think there are some industries that do it better than others. But when when you look at large organizations, they don't tend to tap into the emotional component of the the exact person they're trying to get in front of. So we might say our our targets are organizations that make $500 million uh, annually or more uh, in revenue. They tend to spend um, a couple hundred million a year on IT transformation, which could be anything from just refreshing equipment to truly transformational projects that loop in everything from cybersecurity to data and AI to edge computing and, and processing um, and tying those all together, right? So it could, be, could just be smaller things all the way up to big things um and and the nice thing about all of that is that when you talk to people and you reformat around the emotions that they have around the things they're trying to do you can you can kind of I, I, it's a, a poor turn of phrase but it, but it's one that i i kind of live by you can find where to twist the knife um and and really dive into their pain points and and make them you know what one of my favorite mentors um, who who unfortunately passed away but chet holmes uh for anyone quick book recommendation um it's called the ultimate sales machine it's written by chet holmes who is a fantastic author and seller and marketer um but he he used that and that's kind of where i i stole or borrowed the term from in in helping people understand and really feel the pain that they're currently experiencing like you want to make them feel it hardcore so that they have every reason and desire to get away from having that pain any any longer. So the better we can do that with our marketing on the front end, and this goes from content marketing all the way through to trying to book a meeting. You know, if we're if we're not leveraging those emotional triggers, we're just going to sound like everyone else. So going back to my my point about um, you know some people do it really well, or some industries do it really well. Um, you know, I, I think about the the software as a service industry, the SaaS industry. They have been able to iterate and move and dive into uh, the emotional connection with with customers and prospects in an incredible way. No, not every company, but but many of them. I feel like that that's one of the industries nowadays that had they kind of nailed it from a business to business standpoint. Um, and from insights view, you know, that's an area where we can we can do better, right? Um, we serve a very large swath of people with a myriad of different solutions, um, to a bigger list of problems. And so finding the sweet spot there, it's kind of tough, but we're able to do it because we're able to test and learn and, you know, being okay with failure is a part of the marketing process. Um, the, the only thing that I tell my team all the time is I don't care if you fail, but I do care if you didn't learn anything from your failure. So let's fail, but let's fail forward and learn Learn from it and implement those things, document what we learned, not only use it for our immediate team, for the digital team, but focus on sharing that with our content team, share it with our uh, portfolio team who's working on the solutions. Say, hey, people are talking about this particular thing in these particular ways, and they're re- really uh, resonating with this particular messaging. They're able to then use that throughout the business we talk about it with our demand gen team who interfaces with our sellers, and we're able to get that kind of feedback loop throughout the whole organization rather quickly, rather than just saying, well, we're in charge of marketing, so we're just going to use this info for marketing. So making it a cohesive experience is also kind of getting getting that um, that path forward,
1: making sure that it's usable by others, not just the marketing department. Right. So, so you mentioned some of the things that you use to identify who the right companies are uh, for you, to, you know, as far as spending and, and those types of things. But how do you identify buying committees and, and then how do you prioritize who to reach out to when and, and how do you drive that engagement?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, right? There's, there's a lot to think through. Um, so one of the things that we do to just on the identification. Uh, so, so we look at both third-party data as well as our own um primarily we put a heavy emphasis on engagement data so who's engaging and with what uh and we've built our funnels out in in a sense of um you know i can't remember who exactly coined the terms but you've got awareness consideration and decision some people have varying degrees of other things within that funnel type but when when you think of awareness think of more broad concept um And kind of thought leadership area and consideration is more, I want to see what this is in practicality, right? I want to see who's done it. Do they look like me? Can I I, uh, assign that uh, win that you were able to have with this other client to something you might be able to have with me? Um, And then the decision phase is really just trying to check all the boxes, right? So do I have the right amount of budget? Can they get it done within this time frame? Um, Are they a good fit from a, a service standpoint? What's the success rate on these things? there's other stuff to check off there. And, and we look at all of those things combined and try and find the trends between them. Now, funny enough, we have gotten some of our biggest uh, opportunities with clients that have actually closed and turned into massive projects through one engagement with content syndication from a marketing lens. But then you talk to the sales team and you talk to the portfolio team and the delivery team uh, and they're like, yeah, so they saw that ebook and they actually brought it up. And they sent it to their their rep, who they were talking with, and that rep brought in a team within a week, and they were able to move really fast. Or in some cases, we have, uh, you know, we use a BDR team to do our our follow up. Um, and same kind of situation, content syndication, download a couple of assets, so that they've shown more propensity than just downloading an ebook. They've shown engagement. The BDRs reached out, doing their follow up. And because of that short relationship building process, they were able to just schedule a meeting right away. So we hear it's wins like that. And we're like, all right, there's something there. We got to dive in more. Um, and so we've applied sort of this feedback mechanism and it's still a work in progress. It's getting better. Um, but we're, we're running the programs and we have not only optimization meetings to make sure that our, our digital motions are, are going well and improving. Uh, but we also have a feedback session with our demand gen counterparts who are kind of owning the overall campaign structure and, and process and our bdrs so whether we meet with those teams together or separately doesn't really matter it's just you know whoever has time and we can make it happen but having that feedback mechanism has been so crucial to making small changes in the process that we now uh, are redoing, are working on redoing our lead scoring model because of this information. So we're looking at multiple touch points. We're working on proper multi-touch attribution within our tools and systems. And, and we're, we're finding all of these uh, similarities across accounts that tend to engage with marketing that we can track over time and a, a prescribed increase in the amount of work that we do with them, but not just work in general, the most meaningful Digital transformation projects. So literally tying the whole business back together from marketing does these things and then demand gen, BDRs, sellers, delivery, all of them are working together. Um, and, and we're we're able to not just have, oh, I've got this idea, I want to do this thing, but we run that past all the teams and they're like, yeah, or no, that sounds like garbage. Don't do that. Here's reasons why. And we're just open to that constructive. Uh, criticism and feedback, and I think that's really the key to the success here: is listening to the the stakeholders that you have internally, listening to clients, talking with clients. It's another thing we do, um, and, and trying to just find the trends. Right? Humans are are fantastic at seeing patterns, even if patterns don't exist. So we got to take some some uh, chances and do those tests, and be willing to just work with each other and share that information across uh, across the the gamut of the whole process. Uh, and I think that's really
1: what's driving the success that we're seeing. You, you uh, described this a little bit, um, and and I don't know if, you, if there's more that you can say about it, but the relationship between marketing and sales has often been uh, termed as a tennis match. So, you know, they batted back and forth between each other. And our CMO, John Miller, actually talks about it becoming more of a soccer team moving the ball down the field sometimes you have to bring the ball back but you know the the everyone kind of working in the same direction and going in the same way and so I'm I'm curious how how do you make it more collaborative you've talked a little bit about that to improve the outcomes and really impact the customer experience yeah perfect it's a great great
0: question andrew um so you know i have a really tight relationship with my peers who lead the demand gen team Uh, as well as the content team and and a couple others that are, you know, they're linearly next to me in the org chart. Um, But while we have our own domain, the digital team is a support team. So we support the demand gen team. We support the practice and portfolio team and anything that they need, as well as doing some of those things that we just, we know we have to keep on all the time. So being a support team it's crucial to have those good connections and relationships with my direct peers because they have direct relationships with sales. Um, the really cool thing about our organization is that no matter who you are or where you sit, you have access to whomever you need access to. So in that sense, you know, I'm part of the senior leadership team for, uh, our solutions go to market organization and, um, And I have direct contact with sales. I have direct contact with practice and portfolio leads and directors and and VPs and presidents. Um, And so I can just go have the conversation with them. Or I have my counterpart that can lead the conversation with them and bring that information back to our team and help inform whether that's messaging or targeting groups or, hey, we're seeing a trend in CFOs being brought to the table. When we're midway through a project conversation, not even to a sow yet, and they're, they've got this, the chief financial officer in the room or on the call with us, and he or she is asking X, Y, and Z things around this type of solution. We're like, that's incredible information for us because if we don't know that the CFO is someone who is in the buying committee we're not going to change our messaging. We're not going to change our targeting to match that and to meet them where they are. You know, one of the things I think many people struggle with is, is targeting. And I think they think it's targeting when really it's understanding who your buyer is and what they do in different places, both in the real world and online. And so by having that relationship and, and operating very similar to what you said as a soccer team, where we're, we're passing the ball back and forth um, on the way to the goal, right? We're, we're having those conversations um, over the last few weeks. We've actually had some conversations about, well, are we doing enough to continue the story even after they've had a meeting, after they've got a project in the works? It's not signed contract yet, but we're building that rapport still. And historically, we've we've kind of left that to the sales team, right? Because they're the ones that are face-to-face um, or, or on the phone. And and we thought like, man, we're kind of missing the mark there. So we're, we're going back and looking at, well, how do we just retarget them with general messaging? How do we build communities around our thought leadership content that we're already producing on a regular schedule? And then we're able to work with sales and work with uh, our portfolio team and, and other teams in the organization to all say the same thing. So we, we have a couple communities now that we're, we've recently started and we're growing. And the feedback that we've gotten both from internal and from clients is that this is what they've been wanting. And it's like, man, if we, if we didn't know, if we never asked the question and had that relationship back and forth with our sales leaders, with our sellers, we wouldn't have had this idea to go into market in this way. So it, I think it's truly crucial to think about it as, as a unit, not as a business unit, but you as an organization are a unit doing good for an, another organization. There's people in both. Kind of going back to the previous question, and understanding that each one of those people on both sides of the equation are looking for value. So we get our value in the form of payment from clients, and hopefully success stories and and you know, uh, client testimonials and videos and stuff. The clients get whatever they were looking to solve, and they also get a partner who is willing to consult with them on other things beyond just that project. You know, I think that the best thing that, that has come out of the last three or four years of, of uh, Insights transformation into a solutions integrator is the understanding that we're not looking to just uh, make good on, on a sow. You know, we want we want to do that, yeah, but we also want to go two or three or five or ten steps beyond that in delivering good as well as helping our clients see where the opportunities are because often, you know, they've got their blinders on. They're Like, this is all I'm tasked with. I just got to work on this. And all it takes sometimes is just saying, well, what are you doing with X? Once we, once we finish this project and, you know, we get to success, what does that actually do for you? And that can start huge conversations. And so we're able to take that sort of consultative selling approach into our marketing and, and just ask those questions. I mean, that's good content marketing, right? If we're asking our audience questions and we're priming them for things that maybe they thought about, maybe they haven't thought about, maybe it's so far out of the realm of consideration for that particular person that they would never have thought to ask that of themselves. Um, that's a part of the value exchange too. So we're able to continue that feedback loop all the way
1: through the lifetime
0: uh, of the client relationship.
1: That's great, really good information and, and a lot uh, to agree with there, frankly. Um, kind of pivoting a little bit in, in thinking about business and going forward in, in this environment, how are, are you and in Insight, uh, the overall organization adapting to the current economic situation, downturn, You know, expected downturn, however you want to term it?
0: Yeah, that's a very fair question. We're all dealing with it, right? Um, many ways, some some I can't talk about, some I can., uh, but in, in, I think one of the biggest things is just reinforcing that we are client centric. So whether our our clients are having no impact due to the economic climate in whatever capacity that is, or they're being heavily impacted or they're seeing slight impacts, or they're seeing business opportunity, We're there with them going through, and being that, uh, consultative friend partner that can help guide them in the right direction. And, you know, over the last, uh, almost two and a half years now, um, uh, of our, of this global pandemic, one of the biggest things that we, I, I look at one of our, our client success stories and, um, we had a, a project, a, a transformational project, but it was focused on, it was a, we were working with a bank. Um, and we were focused on refreshing not only devices, but how they operate internally. So there was a lot of networking transformation and um, and like really close to starting this project. Dollars had changed hands, contract signed, um, and then the pandemic happened and we had to help them learn how to pivot. So in a financial institution, not many people were working from home, right? They had central locations um they had those locations secured and connected now they had to send their teams home and figure out how how can they actually remain secure while doing that because this is you know they're they're doing they're handling lots of people's money other people's money um and so it's very very crucial that there's no security issue but it's also crucial that they can still do their job so There was a lot of transformation that happened there um and and that's a perfect example of you know stuff hit the fan and we were right there with them helping them make those changes and that's the coolest part about it is that we had a very new relationship with the customer i mean a year old if that and they trusted us enough based on not only the sales team, but also the delivery teams, every, everyone who they'd been working with, they trusted us enough to just ask the question of, hey, this stuff happened. How do we fix it? How do we prepare ourselves? How do we make sure that we come out um, clean on the other side? The Shawshank Redemption reference there. So I love, I love seeing that. Um, but sometimes the economic or, or the, the impact zone is an opportunity as well. Uh, so, uh, another client looking at, um, funny enough, the, the idea and the ask of, can we do this came from their marketing department. Um, but we looked at adding, uh, machine learning and AI and adaptive processes into their environment because marketing said, we would like a better way to get our product in front of people. Uh, and we want to, we would love to know more about our people. In order to do that, just to get their to get product in front of them uh, in a better way. Now it's a physical business, so there's there's foot traffic and everything involved. But that led to an incredible project that included vision work, included machine learning, AI, um, data storage, cloud security. Like it was massive, right? So it was it was this huge transformational project because someone had an idea, just one idea. It wasn't even a decision maker in the organization. Marketing was like, hey, we got this problem. We know how to market these things better. We want to learn from these other industries who are doing it. Um, what What do we think we can do here? And that just like it turned it snowballed and turned into a really, really fun project. So that's another example of, I know you specifically asked about the economic turmoil here, but um, our, our approach is just be there and be as consultative as possible. So, constantly ask, how how are we looking? So, if, if we came in and we said, we're looking to grow 1.5x uh, in the next calendar year, and that was where we started the project, six months in, we're asking, what's next year's goal? You know, we're on pace with you. Here's all the stuff that we're still completing throughout the year, but what's next after that? So, going back to my, my previous answer, um, just asking the question, I think, is the biggest piece. And that's at That's one of, well, I say it's kind of twofold, right? So asking the question first and foremost, but then also proactively sharing information to show that capability, Um, being there, meeting the client where they are, but also asking them, where do you want to be?
1: Yep. That's great. Um, Really good stuff. Um, So you were kind enough to already make one book recommendation, The Ultimate Sales Machine. Um, are there is there a book, a blog, a newsletter, a website, something that you would recommend to to our listeners as they're thinking about some of the concepts that you're talking about? I could give a plethora.
0: I would say the Ultimate Sales Machine is is one of my absolute favorites. Um, if if you're looking for a different experience from sort of a different point of view, I highly recommend um, the Magnetic Marketing Newsletter. So it's uh, it's something that was originally made by Dan Kennedy. Um, Russell Brunson, the co-founder of ClickFunnels, uh, actually purchased, like kind of bought out Dan Kennedy's company. And with that comes Dan Kennedy. So you get 40 plus years of, uh, direct response, marketing, advertising, uh, knowledge and experience monthly delivered, you know, actually I have it sitting next to me. You, you can see it, Andrew, but we're not sharing video here. Um, and it's, it's just a little paper newsletter, um, and it's really concise each month and there's two versions of it. so when you subscribe to this offer uh, you can get the the magnetic marketing newsletter as well as sort of behind the scenes on uh, funnel building directly from Russell Brunson and his team. So highly recommend that. I think it's like a hundred bucks a month to be a part of it but it is well worth the investment. I mean in one, one month of, of these two newsletters you, you're you probably getting thousands of dollars uh, of information it's the same stuff that they teach at their seminars um and you get it in a literally you get get it digitally but you can get it physically in your hands which nowadays is kind of cool it's like christmas twice a month
1: uh at, at my house so highly that's recommend that one that's great um uh, could you should so this is to kind of perpetuate the uh, the success of Sunnyside up are there three people in the B2B space that you'd recommend that that would be good for our show? Oh yes uh, all right so
0: Lisa Cox uh, she runs marketing at a, a smaller organization but they they're in the B2B space they do um, I hesitate calling it just corporate gifting um but uh, but they do a fantastic job. she knows her stuff and has so many good uh, ideas and execution stories and wins and transformation just in her last two years um, that I think she would be a fantastic guest on the podcast. I think the audience would love her. Um, the second one would be Mason Cosby. So he um, leads, uh, actually his role has changed. So I'm, I'm going to hesitate on exactly what his role is, but he, he works for Mojo Media Labs and, and Gravity Global Um, And just a really great guy, uh, brilliant marketer, huge on building community um, and and giving back to the community. I think that would be a really, really great conversation um, for the listeners here. And I would say Frank Kern. Uh, If you can get Frank Kern on the podcast, I think everyone would not only have a a fantastic time, but you would learn a, a boatload of stuff. He has been in the internet marketing game for nearly twenty years, um, and I learned a lot of what I know from him and from his uh, his cohorts of people. Um, uh, but yeah, I think he would be fantastic for the podcast.
1: That's great. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate the the effort to to share those folks with us. Yeah. So, so for our listeners, how can they get in touch with you after the podcast? Yeah, great question. So uh, you can. Uh, email
0: me directly uh, that's matt.quirk at insight.com uh, you can find me uh, at my my consulting business website uh, get quirked.co couldn't afford the m uh, you can look at look me up on LinkedIn just search for Matt quirk uh you'll you'll see a bearded gentleman and that that's me Th- those are probably the three best channels
1: to to get in touch with me on um and, and yeah I look forward to chatting with anyone great Matt, this has been great. Uh, really appreciate you being on the show today. I've enjoyed it, and and we appreciate you being on. Uh, best of luck going forward, and, and thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much, Andrew.
0: Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Base TV.